0: From St. Luke's Gospel, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. How y'all doing? All right. It's been a while. Um, We have been working our way, as you know, the past three weeks through the Gospel of Luke, and as Father Gritter pointed out last week, the first chapters of Luke tell us about more theological matters, and then later on, Luke turns the camera and describes how we should live. And in fact, in today's context, how we live, Luke shows us how we are to pray. You may not know this, but it was normal in the first century for rabbis to gather around them, people that they would instruct, and the rabbi would then have a a formula that he would give to his people how to pray. John had it, John the Baptist, because the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray as John showed his disciples. So the point being here is that these people, these early followers of Jesus, listen, are asking him, Jesus, how do we pray? But really the nuance and this is the key, is what's our angle? What's our niche? What do I do, Lord? What do I do, Jesus, to get God to do what I want him to do? That's a biggie. We're going to get to that. But then maybe the deeper question is not so much how do I pray, but maybe even more subtly, stay with me, not just how do I pray, but why bother? And in fact, if that sounds... Uh, Unchristian. Let me just remind you of something pretty interesting. God knows everything. He is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent. So he's, he's God, right? It's not like he needs you to tell him what you need, he needs to, you need to do for him. He knows a lot more about you than you know about you, and he has the distinct advantage of also knowing the future and the past and the present all at the same time. It's not like the big guy needs more info, right? And in fact, Jesus even says this very thing. Not quite like that, but Jesus makes the same point. If you look at Matthew's gospel, Matthew 6, verse 7, uh, Jesus says this, ready? He says to his disciples, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Jesus says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Therefore, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father. So the point being is that in Matthew's gospel, Jesus even prefigures the Lord's prayer by reminding those, reminding us, that God knows what you need before you ask Him. So that's the big question in the room. How do we pray? Okay. But maybe more importantly, and actually it's the key to the whole point, why do we pray in the first place? Why do we bother? So I'm going to look at these two things today. First, what is the purpose of prayer? What is the purpose of prayer and then secondly, how is Christian prayer different from from everything else? So how do we, what is the purpose of prayer and how does Christian prayer differ? Well, let's just define our terms. Prayer is defined as communicating with God, right? And if you just think about that for a second, praying assumes two things, that there is a God, right? That there is a God and that he actually cares enough to respond. The interesting thing is if you look at all human cultures, all religions throughout history, every human group of people, Christian and non-Christian, pagan and non-believer, they all pray. Every culture prays. Why is that? Did you ever stop and ask yourself that question, why? I mean, animals don't pray. Animals don't pray. I have a betta fish on my counter. I like betta fish. It's not fighting fish. I've got a betta fish. He's that my daughter Katie bought for me. His name is Mr. Bubbles. And Mr. Bubbles, he don't pray. I got two dogs, Max and uh, Bentley, they don't pray either. Animals don't pray, but humans, humans do. Even the French pray. Even the French. Remember a couple of years ago when that Muslim terrorist drove through Nice and ran those people down? Remember that? That very night in, in France, they had people gathered lighting candles, singing songs, laying down flowers, sort of a makeshift altar to something. I don't know what, but that's actually my entire point, you see. Even, even the French pray. The most outwardly secular, enlightenment, worshiping culture of Europe, the French even they pray. They pray, but their cats don't. The point I want you to see here, this is really important, it's profound if you think about it. Prayer is endemic to the human condition because it is a belief that we are born with because we are made in God's image. Genesis chapter 2, that we are made in God's image and that we are by default human peop- people who pray. We ask God. It is part of being a human being. Full stop. So the question has to be, what's the point? What is the point of prayer? You know, for most people, for most people, prayer is asking God for something. God, help me with my finances. God, help me with my marriage. God, help me with my kids. God, help me with my health. God, please make this sermon quick. I've got a noon brunch appointment. (laughs) point I want you to see, for most people, I don't mean just you, I mean historically, across human uh, cultures, for most people, prayer is a technique. It's a strategy. For most people, maybe even some of you, prayer is you trying to convince God to do what you want him to do. In fact, it's exactly what the early disciples do. They say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, what's the magic word? I remember, uh, I'll give you a, a, a little, uh, when I was a kid, I, mean, I went to a Roman Catholic high, uh, middle school and high school. I didn't really believe any of that stuff, but I did go to Catholic school. And as part of our curriculum, we had to go to confession once a month. And confession, you go in and you tell your sins to a priest. And uh, yes, truthfully, I made some stuff up. And I will tell you now, I also left a few things out that I probably should have told him. But after I was all said and done, the priest said, okay, fine, Mr. Rodriguez, say five Hail Marys, and that's your penance. And I thought, well, bam, that's easy, right? Here's your formula. Five Hail, whatever it was, three Hail Marys, five Hail Marys, done, bam, wrapped up, putting a bow on the shelf. That is what most people and cultures think about when it comes to prayer. Lord, what do we do to get God on our side? Did you guys hear that ringing? Okay, Lee's on it. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Even in Christian circles, we do it. When I was in New Jersey, I served on the Billy Graham crusade. Yes, I did. I was, a, I was the only churchman in a group of a bunch of non-denominational evangelicals. I was the only guy in the room who had a collar on. The whole group of 20 of us in the leadership team. And we'd gather for prayer, and we'd take turns going around. Lord. And, and it was just, it, was like it became a... Uh, a prayer, a competition of sorts, right? Everybody had to up the next guy. And uh, they would do, Lord Jesus, we just ask. Lord, we just, data. I called them Jesus, we just prayers. Know why? Because it was a Jesus, we just. And I thought, wait a minute, that's not, that's not what Jesus says. He says, you pray boldly with confidence. And so it got to be my turn. You know what I did? I said, Lord, as you have taught us, we are now bold to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you could have heard a pin drop. Let me ask you a question. This is, this is a real question. Have you ever prayed for something and you didn't get what you wanted? Anybody here ever prayed for something and you didn't get what you wanted? Thank you, Jesus, I didn't get some of the things I asked for. Amen? You ever prayed for something you didn't get? And, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, I want you to just be reminded of something, that prayer is always answered, right? When the answer is yes, Can I get a new puppy, and you get a puppy, for example, we say, woo, God answered my prayer, right? But no, listen, is also an answer, and so is wait. Those are the ones I hate the most. Wait is the hardest, right? That requires patience, which I have very little. But here's the question, is asking God for stuff really the point of prayer? That's the key. Put it another way, if God knows what you need before you ask him, why ask in the first place? Well, here's why. You ready? (laughs) Because perhaps the purpose of prayer isn't to change God's mind. Perhaps the purpose of prayer is to change yours. Perhaps the purpose of prayer is not to change God's mind. Perhaps the purpose of prayer is to change yours. And that's the first point I want you to see here, that the purpose of prayer is not necessarily to change God's mind. It's to change yours, to learn to trust him. How do I know this? Well, Jesus says, Jesus lays it out for us today, and this is my second point. How then is Christian prayer different? Notice that the disciples, like everybody else, like everybody else throughout history, the disciples want a recipe. They want a strategy. They want an angle. They want a formula. What do I say to get God to do what I want? But Jesus doesn't give them a formula. What Jesus gives them, listen, is a relationship. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You got this all wrong. He says, no, 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 no. You don't lay up empty words. You don't pray long prayers. You don't do a jesus we just jesus we just. When you pray, here's how you pray. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven. Do you understand? And we, we, we say this so frequently, we lose the profound of what that no human culture ever prayed to God as father the Jews referred to God as father 15 times in the Old Testament but never in a time of prayer never Muslims don't pray to God as father they pray to Allah Hindus don't call God father nobody has ever called God father but Jesus tells y'all when you pray you say our father Friends, this is radical stuff. This is profoundly huge. And, that's, and Jesus knows, He knows that to say something this outrageous and so radical, it's like a classic mic drop, right? Bam! When you pray, you pray, Our Father. He knows this is radical, so He uses a story. Whenever you make a, if you're a speaker or you're a lecturer or you're trying to teach somebody, you make a point and then you give an illustration, right? It's just a teaching technique. And Jesus does this, He tells a parable. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. And then he says, you know what? Let let me give you a story. He says there's a man who's in bed with his family in a typical one-room Jewish house in the first century. And somebody knocks on the door and says, I need some bread. And the man says, go away, you pain. I'm in sleep. I'm I'm in, in bed with my family. Leave me alone. And the man will not give up. The man outside knocks on the door, I need some food. He begs, he pesters, he pleads, he, he asks over and over and over again. Kind of like Abraham in the Old Testament, if you noticed. Abraham keeps pushing the envelope a little bit. There's a Greek word for that, and the Greek word is anakaida, And it means not to take no for an answer. And Jesus says, when you pray, this is how you do it, anakida. How are you to pray? She says, without stopping, you're persistent. You're a pain in the neck. You browbeat. The point being is you are to act like a child to God. I'll give you an example. I'm a father, right? I'm a, I'm a priest of this parish. I'm also a dad. I've got three wonderful children. I am a, a shallow, faulty, imperfect sinner. I try my best, but like all the dads in this room, we all blow it. Amen. You guys awake today? <laughs> but my kids know, my kids know that if they ask me for something, they know they're probably going to get it. I mean, they might ask for a Jeep and that's a negative, but if they ask me for a cat or hamster or daddy, can I please? I'll never ask you, I'll never ask you for anything again, I promise, right? Please, daddy. Not now. I'm busy. Can you see that I'm reading a book? But dad, please, please, please. And they know because they've learned that nine times out of 10, I'm going to break. They know it. And I'm going to give in. Why? Why do, they, why, do they, why do they get what they want? Because of their anachidia. Persistence. Impudence is the Greek word, which, or English word, which I've never used in my entire life. Their Persistence. They know. And the reason that they know if they are persistent is because they know that I love them. And that's the entire point, you see. Jesus says prayer is not a technique. Instead, what it does is it shows us when we pray to God persistently, without stopping, that we trust him. And that no matter what happens, we know that it's going to be for our own good. That's Jesus's entire point. When Jesus says we are to have a childlike faith, he's not saying to be naive or foolish or stupid or any of these certain things. No, what he's saying, what he's saying, it's profound and it's beautiful, is when you pray, you pray to God as your father, like a, like a child would ask their own father. Because don't you see the change, the prayer does not necessarily change God. But what it does is it actually changes you. Because it reminds you that He will provide. Pray without ceasing, Scripture says. Pray with expectation. Pray with complete confidence that even if the answer is no, it's going to be okay. Because you know that your Father in heaven knows better? I mean, how many times, how many times did your own Father tell you no, and you look back and think, well, thank God He did, right? And the reason you tell dads, tell their children no, is not because they don't love them, but because they do. You know, think about it like this. In the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night before Jesus is to be crucified, he pleads with his Father in heaven. Lord, Father, he says, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thine be done. Man, there it is. The answer to Jesus, incidentally, was, was no. But God had far greater plans, of course, through the cross to save you and I from our sins and for Christ to be raised from the dead. So can you think of a time in your own life when you asked God for something and the answer was no? Can you now look back on that and say, thank you, Jesus? The time you were angry and scared and frustrated, but now you look back and say, man, I was asking for a, I was asking for a scorpion and God gave me an egg. It's not because he doesn't love you, friends, that the answer is sometimes no, but because he does. Don't you see Jesus died on the cross to save you? Only Christians call God Father, not everybody else. Only Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins, to make you able and worthy to stand before him confidently and boldly, to call him Father. To pray, not as puppets, not as servants, not as second-class women covered in a burqa, But as children, you can call the creator of the universe, Father. Shall we pray, Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus who died in my place, in our place, to pay for our sins and make us worthy to be called your sons and daughters. Father, remind us that you know what we are doing, even in our darkest hour, even in our Gethsemane. That in all things, your plan is perfect. That you have a plan and that we are part of it. In Jesus' name, we pray. We pray. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.